This episode originally aired on February 10th, 2023 on the Unethical Patreon. Our client today was Darren Wood, producer of one of the best podcasts in the game, Defense Diaries. Highly suggest you all go check that out. I like to guess who, though. They're Canadian. Yeah, they are. What about Nickelback? Uh, I like to guess who. They're Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted you guys to be aware that Rick fakely called in sick. Uh, Hey, Richard, this is Rick. Um, I'm just calling in to say I'm not going to be able to make it to work today. I'm not feeling too well. Uh, I actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually went to the doctor today, and she recommended I stop taking the youth juice you gave me, but she also claims that the antifreeze doesn't really protect me from freezing in the winter like you told me it does, so I'm not sure I can trust her about these things. Um, if you get a second, uh, just, just call me back and uh, let me let me know about the youth juice. Thanks, man. I love the, um, the gratuitous and, um, and required mid-sentence coughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even make it through that one sentence. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's, it's really unfortunate for nice hang out on the road. I don't think Darren's going to be better than his last time with audio. <laughs> He's already better. He's already better. It just... <laughs> I love it. Oh, hey, guys. Um, hey. I'm back. I'm back for uh, more hiring of you guys. Hey. <laughs> some more, some more dick. Well, we just <laughs> did some more. Well, I mean, technically, it's less dick because one of you is sick. Oh, sick dick. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, we did such a wonderful job last time solving all of the mysteries that I thought I would, um, you know, return. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm super glad you're here. What do you want us to solve? <laughs> That's okay if you don't know because guess what we're we're doing a special. We're going to Canada. We're going to can we are going to Canada. That's right. We're running a special where um if we pick the mystery for you, it's half off. Well, that's really good news. Yeah, that's what I was going to say anyway. Ah, perfect. I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. All right. So uh, if you want to just grab a piece of paper out of this hat here, you want to pull it out. Ooh, I pick one. Oh, okay. Well, you can't both. You don't get the pick. Oh, okay. okay. So see, you've both picked them and they both say Cindy James. And now you know that I just wrote Cindy James on all of them. So you fucked it up. On all of the pieces of paper. Yeah. It's just because it's that important. You know? Well, well that and Richard, Richard actually expects us to do, uh, what is it like 50 cases a week? And I think I've done just between you and me, Darren, I think I've done one over the past six months. So I've been telling him I've been doing them. You wait. Yeah, well, as long as you have, as long as you have to find out, you know. Wait, what? Yeah. You, what? You didn't earning? You've been earning? Nothing, nothing, Richard. Is our paycheck coming this week? Earn. Um, I'm uh, I'm stoked to get into the mysterious death of Cindy James. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Have either of you guys ever heard of this? Air quotes were just for us, huh? What's that? You did air quotes just now, but no one's going to know that you did air quotes because, you know, audio only. That, well, well, actually, I have Richard go in and put in like those like those like live audio captions for blind people so that they can actually watch the Patreon videos. But they're blind. 
No, you haven't been doing that, Richard? You're saying it out loud. The blind people won't see me. Okay, I see you were shaking your... I'll put it in later. Okay. Richard shakes head no. <laughs> <laughs> this thing, honestly, I thought... I Truly, I just looked up, like, what's some, like, deeper cut mysteries? And this one I had never heard of, and it is... Probably like top five craziest ones that I've seen. Cool. To give you some background, June 8th, 1989, the body of a 44-year-old woman named Cindy James is found dead in the backyard of an abandoned house. She's hogtied, her arms and legs like behind her back. That's what hogtied mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. There's a nylon stocking wrapped around her neck. There's a mark from a hypodermic needle inside of her right elbow. And she's a half mile away from where her car was found abandoned. Cindy's death was ruled a uh, suicide. Uh, wait, what? Uh, initially. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's... a very creative way of the police being like, I don't feel like doing this. So I like, I like that. I think that's kind of like, we always find a good way for the cops to just like not do their job. <laughs> so that's a good well, here one. in america police do the best job ever all the time so we don't have that issue that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case that's not obvious i will actually want to go as far as to say that i'm joking on that one <laughs> just to be safe <laughs> yeah we have to announce our sarcasm on this podcast because it's only listened to by a bunch of fucking idiots yeah. especially you yeah you whenever like uh you know Giving the uh, police accolade is involved. Um, can't be too safe. Can't be too safe. That's true. I'm like, honestly, I'm in the middle with the cops, and I think sometimes they do a great job, but that sounds just like a terrible job already. Like, obviously, not suicide. You'll be happy to know it's your beloved Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, that uh, were leading the charge on this one. That actually explains a lot. They're on a yep. horse. They couldn't really see. It gets more interesting, though. This whole thing took place over... Seven years. There were incidents of stalking that Cindy was reporting. There's over a hundred of these incidents from 1982 to 1989. Supposedly cost the RCMP to the tune of 1.5 million Canada dollars. So they didn't not try. <laughs> where where is this in the Canada? This is in Richmond, which I guess is outside of Vancouver in British Columbia. Okay, in before BC. Christ. In in before Christ. Okay. Yes. So 1.5 million, you said it cost them in like trying to hunt down a stalker. They weren't just like, hey yep. there, bud, uh, what, what, you, what are you worried about there? You stupid broad, go back to work. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what's crazy about it to me is because that, that really doesn't seem to be the through line. Like they gave it like the investigations they did. It didn't seem like they did nothing. But, you know, like what you're talking about is, you know, the whole stalking cliche almost just there's nothing any cops can do about it. But I would argue, like, just from what I've heard, like, anecdotally, these cops did try to do something about it. It's really, really bizarre. But wasn't one of the people that she was concerned with, an ex, an ex of hers, like, also a cop? Yes, I will. Let's, yeah, let's just dive into it. Sorry, I'll shut up. No, 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 you're good. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I can just say now. It's not like, I mean, spoiler or whatever, but yeah, she. that's absolutely true. So they spent $1.5 million investigating themselves. That seems like very... Uh... A little more sordid than that. Okay, yeah, okay. I promise. Okay. We'll go from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy was born Cindy Elizabeth Hack. Cindy Elizabeth Hack sounds very made up. Right? Yeah, that is. A, there's a few very made up sounding names. Where do you get her parents' names? Uh, she was born on June 12, 1944 in Oliver, B.C. to parents Tilly Hack, a homemaker, <laughs> and Otto Hack. <laughs> it's an axe machine. <laughs> 
<laughs> sounds like a fucking like power up in a video game. It sounds like if somebody just doesn't feel like doing stand up today, just like I'm going into yeah. auto hack. <laughs> My mother in law. The thing about uh, what is the deal with these? Yeah. <laughs> Give it up for your servers, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And the fucking troops. <laughs> and How many more of these can I milk? Uh, I kill myself in the green room. My five minutes are up. All right. Thank you very yeah. much, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Try the veal. <laughs> Cindy's father, Otto, was uh, an English teacher and a former Royal Canadian Air Force colonel. They had six kids all together. Cindy had three older brothers, two younger sisters. She spent most of her teenage years in all of her high school in Ottawa, though, just because of the bouncing around from the military, military brat shit. Of her father, in her journals, her private journals, Cindy is uh, reported saying he was very strict, sometimes resorting to corporal punishment with her and the kids. When she was 18, Cindy enrolled in nursing school. Her private journal that we have not read. Yeah, I, I have not read it myself, but someone has, and they spill all this bitch's details. Her once private journal. Yeah. Her previously <laughs> private journal. Oh, yeah. Private, <laughs> private no more. Yeah. When Cindy uh, enrolled in nursing school at the same time, her father re-enlisted in the military and the entire family moved to France, except for Cindy. She visited a few times and wrote to them often. Now, in some of the letters, Cindy started telling him of this guy she met while she was in school. He was like an intern studying to be a doctor. And really weirdly, she never named him like once. Even when they asked, she would like deflect and just talk about you know, how wonderful he is and how in love she is. I feel like this is projecting. Like, are they in France right now while she's doing this? Like, yeah. She's like, oh yeah, you're in France? Well, I'm dating mm -hmm. a doctor. Yeah. It... He's really handsome and he's got a lot of money. <laughs> it gives super insecure <laughs> vibes. You're right. Because yeah. then she goes on to say that they're engaged and like how now, you know, they're going to go and celebrate. And then all of a sudden in like another letter, Oh, tragedy struck. He has terminal brain cancer. We're we're gonna go to uh, on a ski trip to you know try and uh, and and you know put him in better spirits. And then he fucking pow shoots himself on the ski trip. Oh, so it didn't work. Better spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he did eliminate the brain cancer. Uh, so. Old fashioned way. Yeah. As you can probably guess, there's no known or verified records of this man or suicide matching that description. So she was just jealous they lived in France. Well, and she had to stay and do it school. Guaranteed. She yeah. was like, my life's better than yours. I don't care what you oh, say, yeah. Otto. My name's yeah. Colonel. You know, my name's Colonel. I think <laughs> I you call me sir. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I hate guys like that that make their kids call him sir. The Colonel of the man he once wore. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> a few years later in 1965, Cindy actually meets a real boy. His name <laughs> is, is is Roy Makepeace, and this boy is... Wait, what's his name? Roy Makepeace. Sounds like a, a sentence to like a caveman. Right? Yeah. No, he's... Um... <laughs> when you're not fighting. Roy Makepeace, Jane, come over. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Tarzan. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a South African thing, because that's where he's from. He's South African, So, I, but I've never heard a name like that before. Darren, make lunch. Roy, make <laughs> 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 this is how he says he's sorry and he's hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Australian <laughs> first husband was wasn't real. <laughs> oh god yeah this dude's uh 18 years older than her and cindy's only 20 at the time which makes him like uh 40 40 42 42 or 43 39 <laughs> yeah <laughs> darren make math right <laughs> Roy is a, uh, he was a psychiatrist in South Africa before he, he came over to Canada. The two of them married about a year after they met, uh, which was in the, in the same year that Cindy graduated from college in 1966. Cindy's family did not like Roy. I mean, I don't know too many families that would like someone who's 20 years older than their 20-year-old daughter. You figure Roy would have made peace with them. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you can, you, can never, you can never figure out, like, to, I was going to say a men's, just, you know, to not go straight for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can never figure out how to make things okay with the folks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Cindy's uh, father is quoted as saying that Roy took advantage of Cindy's naivety and gullibility, which is just like a super shitty way to talk about your kid. Yeah. It's sort of the same thing. Naivete and gull- gullibility. Is, yeah. yeah. You have just to say doubling both. down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he really took advantage of her dumb bitchedness and her dumb bitchitude. <laughs> right. It runs in the family, Colonel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of her family also claimed that you had what seemed like just a bad marriage. They often seemed emotionally distant from one another. And uh, Cindy wrote in her public private journals that Roy would punish her when he didn't get his way. He particularly liked sailing. So they had like a, like a little yacht and Cindy didn't like it at all. So once when she said she didn't want to go out on the boat, Roy gave her the silent treatment for like a week. Back when I were married, the silent treatment was my favorite way for my ex-wife to express her anger with me. I, like, I could do this forever. This is great. <laughs> Some of my most fond memories of being married were during me receiving the silent treatment. <laughs> when you could pretend you weren't married? Yeah. yeah. Did, did, Cindy, oh, did Cindy take his last name? Was she Cindy Makepeace right now? She was, yeah. She's Cindy Makepeace at this time. Cindy Hack Makepeace? Yep. Cindy <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, Cindy couldn't make peace with the boat, huh? Uh, no, no, she she could not. She couldn't hack it out on the sea. She only hack making peace to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Years later, Cindy would also say that she suffered from spousal abuse, but Roy defends himself and says he only slapped her twice over their whole marriage. When he's Sean Connery. Well, it's nineteen sixty-six. Right. That's not even abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can't take a hit roy uh doesn't he seems i think roy's a piece of shit just like and this is just my own personal opinion he failed twice to get actually licensed as a psychiatrist in canada so all while he lived in canada for the rest he wasn't a psychiatrist a lot of places like refer to him as a psychiatrist yeah high school counselor (laughs) well no he actually did fairly well he got a job at university of british columbia and uh, as like a like an I mean he was an assistant professor or whatever, but then he went to go work at this place called BC Hydro, and he was like the head of health services at this power place. So he didn't do poorly. Yeah, that's probably a good job. RJ does airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, as much as I hate them, I do have Italian blood in me, and I, I can't stop gesturing constantly. Gesticulating. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, so Cindy's career itself was very good. In, uh, in 1975, she took this job at this place called uh, Blenheim House. It's a children's behavioral center. It's a place where like they uh, they would like take care of kids who like had you know disabilities, but like more like cognitive ones that like I, I, like I'm trying not to say bad kids, but they were usually kids who were like wards of the state or like in trouble. You think they saw her name on the resume? Or like this girl is gonna be able to calm yeah. these kids down, <laughs> and he's gonna make peace in here forever. <laughs> I bet there were stupid jokes like that all the time. <laughs> Cindy, go make peace. Yeah, the, that that one sixteen year old's biting that thirteen year old's nose off. <laughs> Again. Um, yeah. <laughs> her coworkers only had great things to say about her for like all the time she worked there. She seemed to just be like one of those people who just like came in and impressed. She also says she was engaged to a fake person. That's true. And Rick always says this and it's true. Like they they only interview these people after they found her hogtied and fucking killed. Yeah. So they're not going to yeah. be like, yeah, fuck that bitch. I'm glad she died like that. They're all going to be like, she was the best. For sure. It'd be really weird to interview them before they were murdered though minority <laughs> report style you knew they were gonna <laughs> so uh bad news uh tom cruise what's tom cruise doing here yeah under <laughs> not maybe not underrated but definitely an undervalued movie i love minority report it's, it's a solid film solid film flashing forward a few years you know not, nothing's really going on between 75 and then 82 when cindy and roy separate like uh officially but are not divorced there are some things I've read that said they still continued to date, but at that time, Cindy was officially living alone for the first time in 16 years since she was married. Four months after she started alone was when the stalking began. So Cindy's living in Richmond, Vancouver, which is where, like, I mean, this none of this really takes place outside of Vancouver. She never goes or moves far. If she moves, it's kind of just within the general vicinity of Vancouver. Late in September of 82, Cindy had reportedly mentioned to friends and family that she thought there might be a prowler looking out around her house. And then on October 7th, Cindy receives her first obscene phone call, which she just believes are pranks. What's an obscene phone call? So the calls consisted of several people or one person speaking in different voices. There's no real consensus on it. Hey, Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the language they used was just sexually violent in nature uh and that's the most specificity i have off of that depending on who you ask probably yeah yeah well i get i there's a bunch in here that we'll, we'll go through them there's a lot of specificity oh good the following because that's the thing that's in her diary yeah oh good <laughs> this is this is just the start like i mean like the very start give it time to develop richard <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's marinate in the calm before the storm. <laughs> the sexually violent storm. <laughs> I'll undo my pants now then. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can prime yourself, pal. Yeah. It's coming. Richard licks his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, we do need to <laughs> strike the iron on that bit. <laughs> uh on October 11th, Cindy gets a phone call with uh, just loud breathing. That's all that's there. The next day, there's another call, and it's someone whispering, saying, I'll get you one night, Cindy. Uh, the following day after that, Cindy calls the RCMP. What does that mean for us Americans, RCMP? The Royal Canadian Mounted Police. <laughs> oh, I've never figured yeah. that out. 
<laughs> did I say that before we started recording? You, you did. You said no. You said it after. Because usually you initially say the full thing, and then you can acronym the fuck out of it the rest of the time. But as Darren pointed out, Americans are dumb. You can say the Mounties. I will say the Mount. I'll say Dudley Do Rights. <laughs> uh these these dudley do wrongs no, um <laughs> got him yeah make peace with that auto hack enabled yeah. <laughs> keep the gloves up <laughs> oh fuck please go to her home and they basically just tell her like write everything down everything they say when they call and then get a new number right after they leave cindy gets another call with a male voice it says you fucking bitch i'll get you call caller id and shit has fucking helped out so many people you know what i mean oh like that God, could right? not happen today you start 69 them yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how far back that one goes yeah not 1982 i was kidding oh all right definitely post Reagan administration yeah <laughs> the day after that call uh another one it says so you think calling the police will keep you safe you wait. I've got my zipper open. I'm talking to my throbbing, and Cindy hung up before he could finish. To this day, I wonder. Throbbing what, Cindy? Yeah. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> throbbing finger, because I just hit it with a hammer. That's probably what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep keep this in mind, the content of these calls, I mean, uh, this, is, this is all what Cindy is saying happened. No one had heard any of these calls yet. Well, who the fuck else would we get this information from? Yeah. Right, right, right. I just, to be clear, it's that it's not coming from anybody but her for now. We have to solve this, this case in order to get the other side of the story, you know? <laughs> Within a week of these calls starting, uh, Cindy calls the cops two more times. Once, she had heard someone outside at night and woke up the next day to find her porch light smashed. Another time, someone supposedly threw a rock through her window and had entered her home, but didn't disturb anything else. That's pretty disturbing. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I would agree. I would say just entering my home disturbs it. Yeah. In Louisiana, that'll get you shot. Oh, for sure. 100%. For sure. I don't, I don't know what the guns situation is like up in Vancouver, though. I feel like it's a little bit lighter on the guns. 1989 or 1982 would probably be a Two. lot more similar to the States than it is now. Yeah, it's gotten, yeah, it's gotten a lot more over that the That tracks, because guns, guns do come up in this later Yeah, in a fashion I would not have expected in Canada. There's a third instance, too. Cindy <laughs> suspected someone might have come inside her home while she was gone, as when she returned, she found her bed pillow slashed open with a knife. So maybe, so maybe so, someone was here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if I did that before I left. I'm not yeah. really sure. Sometimes yeah. I cut shit. Sometimes I cut shit. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll be making the bed, and I'll remember I taped knives to my arms. <laughs> was it the, the famous Vancouver pillow slasher? Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw this one, guys. Uh... <laughs> So at this point, enter a one Patrick McBride, a constable with the Vancouver Police Department. Um, This guy hangs around for a while and comes up a bunch because this is the one we mentioned earlier that uh, had a relationship with Cindy, which is the nicer way of putting it. I wrote he apparently started banging her. Yeah. Had relations with. Yes. Yeah. Had had banging relations with. I didn't um, realize that the stalking started prior to the constable relationship. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. It said only four months after her and her her husband supposedly separated. But even then, they weren't like they were still like dating and going. So she wasn't even like really alone. She was just living alone. That was really where it fired up. 
Patrick immediately thinks it's Roy. She, uh, he, he's convinced it's it's her ex husband. That's classic Patrick right there. Classic yeah. fucking Patrick. Of course he thinks that. That's some real P- Patty McBride bullshit. <laughs> right. You, maybe he just saw it as an opportunity to get to like call too now. Like now I can call all the time. She's gonna think it's the other guy. <laughs> it's pretty crack police work there, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I have deduced that I can ruin this woman. <laughs> Roy denies it. And Cindy is also adamant that Roy is not capable of that kind of torment or abuse. Is, uh, is yeah, he fucking doesn't. He, his punishment is he doesn't talk to her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he secretly called her. Slaps her once every eight years and then doesn't talk to her. Which is too many times for the record. Yes. <laughs> this is me very purposefully not making... Um, you know, spousal abuse jokes. That's what I'm doing. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it, Sean Connery. Oh, fuck. <laughs> However, like, contradictory to uh, Cindy defending Roy, she's, I guess, kind of privately admits to friends and coworkers that Roy was abusive during their marriage. Um, and that's when that, that sort of comes out. On October 20th, two tenants that uh, apparently Cindy rented out her basement to two people who lived down there. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she went in our basement to two people. Their names, Patrick and Roy. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know why these people don't come up sooner because they talk about Cindy living alone. So I wonder if maybe ended up having tenants move in because she just didn't want to be alone. Thanks for the movie. So not tell us about your fucking active stalker. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, cool. that's kind of, that is fucked up. It's a dick move. Yeah. So uh, they reportedly uh, on October 20th heard noises like like someone walking around upstairs at a, at a time when Cindy would be at work. So they, they knew she was at work. And then there's, you know, there's noises inside of the house. And uh, around the same time, Cindy's next door neighbor talks to Patrick and says that she had seen a guy standing outside Cindy's house three different times. Once going all the way through her front gate, like like he was going up to her door. She was insistent that the guy didn't look anything like Roy. She knew what Roy looked like. Wasn't Roy Makepeace. See, this is another one that cell phones fucking taking pictures of people and shit like that have like mm-hmm. probably stopped so many goddamn stalkers. Oh, for sure. Stalking's so scary. You ever watch like I Am a Stalker on Netflix? That's some scary Oh, dude, shit. I couldn't do it. I watched two episodes. It was like, oh, it's horrible. It's fucking out. It's Whoa. cringy as shit. It makes me feel weird. Like, just go do something else, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, gross. With you. It's like from their perspective. It's like interviews from prison. Oh, no. Oh. I'll try. It sounds like rage bait. I'm into it. <laughs> it is. I'm fine with that. I've never heard the term rage bait before. <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, well, it's it's a family name, uh, Mark Ragebait. That was, uh, that was my uncle. Make peace. <laughs> At this point, uh, Patrick McBride uh, recently separates from his wife and basically immediately moves in with Cindy on Halloween in 1982. And this is the day after Cindy finds a note on her door. Written out in that classic magazine cut out and pasted the letters. Ransom note, fucking yeah, it's great. Yeah, classic. I don't. It, it looks like I forgot to put down what this one said, but honestly, it doesn't even matter because there's like 18 more of these fucking things. That's a Black Dolly special. That's what they did in Black yeah. Dolly, right? Yeah. Did they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. She, uh, she. So this is kind of funny. She told her friends and neighbors that 
Patrick was just staying on professional business about two weeks to most purely for surveillance. (laughs) 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 Surveilling up the inside of them guts, right? Just so you get, just so it's out there in the forefront, you know, um, she's always, she's always very honest with everyone around her. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) In her diary, she wrote, so I lied to my friends again today. (laughs) <laughs> dear diary. <laughs> yeah, dear diary. Everyone around me is so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> a few days after moving in, Patrick comes home and finds Roy in his car parked in an alley behind Cindy's house. There is a handgun and a rifle in the car. And Roy immediately claims he was just staking out the house to see if he could catch Cindy's stalker in the act. Patrick tells him that he's living there now, and Roy leaves. The secret stalker hunter. Yeah. I've heard about, I've heard about this before. <laughs> Weird-ass behavior from a dude who, you know, I mean, it's your ex. Like, I know, like, you might still care, but... That's, that's still stalking. It's like a yeah. different way of stalking. It's just stalking. Because yeah. he thinks he can be the one to, you know, well, make peace. <laughs> yeah, by that time, by that time, Forgive it's him. like... 55 years old too like is he an old like older guy now too um this is still uh 82 so and they oh yeah how the fuck old would he be because 65 he was 38 so flash forward 17 years yeah that puts them 55 55 yeah yeah okay so he's still a fully functional human you know so that was october of 82 now in november more than a few incidents this is the the first is when Patrick is in the house to answer one of these calls himself, and Cindy is at home with him. No one speaks, but all he can hear is what he thinks initially is like an airport because there's like a voice making announcements over a loudspeaker in the background. They did trace the call, and it went to a – I never knew this was a fucking thing – a currency exchange business. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of that? They still have those where you go like – bring your money and get it exchanged. I just thought it was banks. No, but like you can go to like, let's say I, this is just an example, but I've seen these at malls and shit, but like at an airport or whatever. Oh my God. Yes. I'm so stupid. It's Vancouver's near the border. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. That's a thing that matters. I say, it's probably for like uh, yeah, heavy tourism towns and near the border. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who the fuck needs different money for no reason? <laughs> So it's a it's a currency exchange business that the call comes from in Richmond. So it's like not far away. Later on in the month, Cindy finds a picture on the windshield of her car of a corpse under a medical sheet. Whoa, that's um, get escalating now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a veiled threat. How does she know the corpse is under a sheet? Ah, good question. It's like a picture from like a I don't I don't know if it's like a medical journal or a magazine or something, but it's it's just like a, you know like the outline of a corpse underneath. A sheet and like a medical. But maybe it's a couple bowling balls. Could be. Could be a mannequin. Could be a ghost. I'm not sure. (laughs) I guess we'll just have to take uh, (laughs) these people's word for it. Seems like a good plan. I think that's more fucked up, though, if you're sending pictures of mannequins under sheets. I think there's like a more fucking. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the dead body's less scary, actually. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because what are you going to do? Like, you know, dead body, you're going to kill me. Mannequin, what are you going to wear me? (laughs) <laughs> you to dress Gross. me up in your clothes <laughs> yeah <laughs> buffalo bill had mannequins and so did uh jeffrey dahmer so you know oh hell yeah yeah not not yep. great uh not great 
a PR for the mannequin <laughs> or the mannequin owner, really. November uh, 28th, Patrick finds out the phone lines on the house have been cut in five different places. Jesus Christ, the phone lines have been cut so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it, the dude, like by the end of this, one cell phone would have saved all of this. Yeah, pictures of the stalker, <laughs> no cell phone lines getting cut, uh, video or whatever. Yeah, one cell phone. That's true. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's so like, it's so fucked how you could, like, that's the other thing too is like pornography is saved so much. You could have just lurked through people's windows back then, but now people just jerk off to like far away porn. Like, yeah. You think that's, I don't know about the, uh, it satisfy the, the urge, you think? The, the peepingtom.com or whatever, you think it satisfies the urge? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I mean, well, life is full of compromises and like who has the time these days to be running out of the house, you know, in the middle of the night, getting your binoculars, climbing up the tree, you know, hoping that the person you're trying to stalk is still awake and going to be naked at the same time. Well, I think with, I think the stalking familiarizes you with their schedule, though, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's less guesswork when you're when you're in it. Oh, God. <laughs> Tom gets a bad rep. Why is peeping for Tom? Like Luke gets warm. Tom gets peeping? That's fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Right? Oh, Warm's God. already taken, dickhead. What do you want? <laughs> we went alphabetically. That would be gross if things if water was warm, Tom. <laughs> right? <laughs> Room Tom temperature, warm. you know, Tom warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, you're back to stalking. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> During late, later on in in the month, apparently uh, Roy started coming over to dinner at Cindy's house with Patrick there. Whatever weirdness they had while Roy was in his car with guns, apparently. Dan's rifle, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently they like bonded over their shared interest in the case and Cindy's pussy, I guess. Cuck. Right. Yeah. Renting her downstairs. <laughs> Yeah, they would like hang out and have dinner and then like just the two of them would walk through the case and try to like talk it out together. He put the shotgun to that guy's head and said, fuck my ex-wife while I watch. Right. Yeah. It, if <laughs> you, it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, that's fucking weird. I don't I don't like it. It's it just doesn't track, especially with everything else that happens later, which we'll get to eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, December 1st, Patrick. McBride moves out of the house. To me, it's not really clear why. Uh, I've read in some places with zero sources, to be clear, that Cindy asked him to, but I don't know for sure. Well, he's only living there for professional reasons to begin with. That's true. That's true. And he did. Maybe maybe the overtime got to be too much for the, the Mounties. If you know yeah. what I mean. The, uh, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like the overtime was like half his shit from the divorce that was looming. <laughs> probably it was gonna yeah. cost them <laughs> i better leave before yep. i have to give half my shit away to my wife <laughs> ex-husband no that guy was married too right yeah 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 he he separated yeah and then and like he separated and then immediately moved in with cindy so That's he probably got kicked out yeah yeah he uh he did keep his they continued to date and he did keep his key to the house so similar thing with roy like they just like would casually go to dinner together but not live together so I don't know. These dudes fucking dorks. <laughs> what, what did you say? I just like to hang out with my ex, fucking nerds. <laughs> yep, yep. Come on, kill her like a man. <laughs> well, you know, just you know, create hate and, and separate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever, the, whatever the dinner system suggests. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the a few weeks later, after uh, Patrick moves out, the same week of Christmas, Cindy finds a picture on her front door of a woman with her throat slashed, and uh, it's all colored in with red ink. Was she under a blanket? No, no blanket this time. Uh, okay. it's, uh, this one was apparently from, um, I had the name of the book, and now I don't anymore, but it's from some book, I guess. Stories in the details, RJ. Stories in the details. <laughs> I, dude, this one, man, there's too much. You, I, you have to gloss over some stuff. It's a sweet excuse, if, if nothing else. It is. It is. Yeah, I, 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 here's, well, here's, here's the excuse. I don't care enough about this woman or the people who would draw issue with me not getting it not getting it right like i <laughs> richard silently laughs in the corner <laughs> yeah <laughs> january 4th 1983 the phone company installs a tap on cindy's phone lines they trace a few calls still to these vancouver exchanges and like different ones not even the same one so Did they ever think to go check it out <laughs> I, that's the thing. They never said that they like went there to like try and like track the comings and goings or anything. So I mean, this is probably where we kind of broach into like the police being like, Bleh. idiots. They're, 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 like, they spent one point six million yet. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is international waters. There's all sorts of money there. I don't know what to do. All different <laughs> kinds of money from all over the world. We can't do anything. We have no jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it might as well be a sovereign nation than Vancouver exchanges. <laughs> Yeah, they don't they don't really get anything else out of out of that phone tap. So January twenty seventh, a few weeks after that is a is a big one. A, uh, a coworker and friend of Cindy's, Agnes Woodcock, uh, stops by to visit her house, only to find Cindy unconscious in her backyard, with a nylon stocking wrapped around her neck. Uh, Cindy wakes up. She says she was uh, attacked from behind in her garage by two men who both strangled her together. And his pockets were full yes. of rupees. It was <laughs> weird. A simultaneous strangling, huh? Two, two sets of hands. Like, that's the, How big is her neck? As, I have no idea. The bitch is a fucking giraffe. Cindy Big Neck. <laughs> Cindy, Cindy Have Neck. Or just they, like, they stood on either side in one hand each. And just like. Yeah, it could be, yeah. <laughs> Cindy breathe good. It's so weird. <laughs> she also says um, one of the men inserted a knife into her vagina and threatened to kill her younger sister, Melanie, if she called the cops. I think there'd be evidence of that. Like, I don't think there'd be much vagina left, honestly. Like, Do doctors nice. found no evidence of sexual assault. And the cops start to maybe possibly consider that Cindy's kind of totally making it all up. Which is interesting. Because, you know, the other people entering the phone and seeing people and ex-husbands in cars with guns. It's an interesting mm -hmm. conclusion to draw at this juncture. Yeah. It's, um, I have gone back and forth so many times. They, uh, they urge her to, to seek mental health counseling, but, um, she refused. Uh, she didn't want anybody to think badly of her. Like, she was worried about the stigma. The only thing that'll make me feel better is if you move me to France. Yeah, right? <laughs> Where no one stops anyone. <laughs> it just sounds like she's lying again because she's jealous. Yeah. She can't be in France. <laughs> Cindy moves to West Vancouver on February 1st. And um, this is the first, I think, of like five or six times total she moves. This is a week after living there. She gets a letter and it reads, 
run rabbit run i'll show you how fucking good i am soon bang bang you're dead after that in the following days there's more calls more threats and cindy moves for the second time in april to a completely different house throughout the spring and summer of 83 roy tries to reconcile with cindy he starts sending her like lavish gifts and uh they didn't there's no examples outside of him paying for her airfare to travel to Indonesia to visit her brother, Roger, who is stationed there in the military. Now I see why she needed money exchanges, mm. money exchanges. Yeah. What do you, what kind of money's in Indonesia? Indonesian coins. Wouldn't you exchange that once you got there? <laughs> Maybe. I just, now I'm like, <laughs> like nobody finds, so, like it's 1980, 90 now, 1990 now, or 1983 now? 1983. Yeah, they're not finding, it's not like the phone book came out that quickly. Like the, she's doing this to herself at this point. If she's getting it, shit at her new houses, that's, unless she's tell unless it's Roy who she told where she lives, obviously, it's her. Right. It's the cop. Also a possibility. It's old, it's old uh, McBride. <laughs> Constable McBride or whatever his fucking name was. Oh, maybe maybe all along it was Constable McBride, and he was just trying to, to get her to be his wife. <laughs> Can't get away from these make motherfuckers. The worst way to make peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy spends about a month in uh, Jakarta, which is a city in Indonesia. Thanks, RJ. Just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> I like I said, we got some dumb, 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 naive, gullible, idiot listeners <laughs> who all just successfully peed. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> We're talking about you. Yes, you, JW. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna stop, JW. <laughs> Bang, bang, oh, run, fuck. gun, whatever he's in. <laughs> <laughs> on, on August 22nd, Cindy comes back. And when she arrives, there's a note on her door. It says, says, it says this verbatim. Welcome back. Death, blood, hate, etc. 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 What he meant with the etc. You know, all that. Mutilation, <laughs> tickle torture. <laughs> it's at this point that he decides to repaint her car, change her hair, and at the suggestion of Patrick McBride, hire his friend, a private investigator named Ozzy Caban, which is the most private investigatory name I've ever heard. What's his first name? Ozzy Caban. C-A-B-A-N? K. K-A-B-A-N. I have to see this guy, too. Yeah, I want to see his face. I watched him in some video and talk. He he does not live up to his cool ass name. I mean, how order? Oh no, he doesn't live up to his cool. He looks like the guy who would work at the currency exchange. Like that's oh, what he yeah. looks like. That's what he looks like. He doesn't. He looks like a total fucking nerd, dude. And he, he talks like one too. Yeah. So Cindy does all that, and uh, everywhere she goes, and I'm, I need you guys' help with this one. She carried a portable panic button that. Ozzy wait, recommended she get. Wait, what? She what's a portable panic button? It's a, it's a panic button that's not tied down to anything. <laughs> I guess so. I 
I don't know if it's like a life alert if they had that back in the early it's 80s. Like, I am in danger. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I am in maybe, danger. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is like a like a siren. Like yeah, a, maybe. I, I don't know. That's why I asked you. I don't fucking want yeah, to. I don't, I don't know either, dude. Panic. 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 She also carries pepper spray and oil. Just oil, it says. <laughs> that's the that's like that's the the Mario Kart method. You put it behind you, right? So they're chasing you. They're like whoop 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 whoop. Richard makes a slipping motion. That <laughs> also abbreviated her new items are OPP. <laughs> Hell yeah! Or maybe she has two good things and one, or two bad things, like two things, like a panic button, a spray, and then the oil's just like for a hand. <laughs> yeah. What is she a clown? Like... <laughs> <laughs> tries to pull out a taser and it just bursts into flowers and she's like classic RJ <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck the oil's for I and it comes up multiple times I don't know what you carry oil for what kind of oil is it? it doesn't say literally just oil I'm pulling for motor I'm going with it's the, the Mario Kart method she just pours it behind her and like runs away hopefully slips I like that yeah it was between oil and marbles and they were all out of marbles <laughs> yeah Sounds like they've lost their marbles for sure. Yeah. <laughs> In the fall of 1983, Cindy, over the course of that season, received three separate dead cats three separate times. Those are just a really shitty gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a live cat's a shitty gift. You know what I mean? Like, really? Have to no, that? for sure. Maybe worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe worse. Maybe thing... that's what they were. Maybe they were re-gifted formerly live cats. <laughs> the only thing worse than a dead cat as a gift is a live cat? Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a dead cat's like, I guess that's only like a five-minute job of like clean, like a fucking live cat's like 15 years. So mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. All these cats were strangled and tied up just in various places on her property. See, now if she is doing this, she's killing cats. Were they jazz cats? You know, she's just out killing cats to get attention. If she's doing it, I'm not sure anymore yep. because I don't think, I think that's an escalation. That's a stalker escalation. I don't think that's her. Yeah, it does sound like it. I think they're, I think they're jazz cats. Jazz cats? They did. Jazz cats. The guys that play the saxophone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just dudes, dudes with pencil mustaches and fedoras. Yeah. Jazz, jazz, dead from their heroin overdose. In the yeah. <laughs> someone, uh, someone also destroys Cindy's garden. <laughs> she know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... the last one. The last one. <laughs> This guy's all over the place with escalations, though. It's not even escalation. That's like downplaying. Like, you just killed cats. Now you're just ruining the garden. Ooh. Now you're killing cucumbers. Yeah, this exactly. is when, this is... <laughs> First, I'm going to leave cats. I'm going to leave pictures of corpses. And then I'm going to fuck up your flowers. Maybe corpses. They're under blankets. You won't be able to yeah. tell. Yeah, they could be ghosts. Ooh. They might be bodies. Yeah, <laughs> my, my name's Fred. Make no sense. <laughs> Jason, uh, varying degrees of uh, being scary. <laughs> yeah, Jason, wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, inconsistent. Yeah. Cindy writes in her diary that she actually thinks Roy did the garden because he apparently had done it once before while they were married. He always hated that garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd always uh, talk yeah, to me in was... that garden. She'd always talk to me in my garden. Cool the cucumber, huh? Cool the cucumber? <laughs> <laughs> 
through the rest of the year, more calls come in. Uh, and then they start coming into her work. And some of them are answered by her coworkers. Now, on the calls answered by anyone other than Cindy, no one is ever speaking on the other end. It's always just silence. At the most, it's breathing. If it's someone else, somehow they know it's not Cindy when they answer. During her shift? Um, yeah. I mean, while she's there, usually, I believe. Hmm. It's such a weird... Like, now I'm getting... Like, I don't understand it because... Unless she said... Well, I guess she goes, hi, Cindy speaking at work, right? So, yeah, I guess they would know. Okay. I was just like... She just uh, picks up yeah, her. that's true. Isn't she a nurse? I don't know how... Yeah, well, she works at this behavioral center right now. This This... I forgot the fucking name of it. It was like Blenheim. Blenheim, I think. The troubled kids, do we haven't even thinking about that. The kids that are all fucked, mate. Like, did this start after she started working there? Yeah, yeah, Before. but 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 um a long time after she started working there. She started working there in 75, it said. And this is 83 now. So I mean it could be one of the I mean, because I'm sure kids are coming and going. You know what I mean? Graduating from shit. They're also school. outgrowing, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> going going into prison. Yeah. I don't know if graduating is the right word. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> With honors, settling into the delinquency is no longer juvenile. Yeah, I specialize in shanking. <laughs> now we're up to 1984. On January 30th of 84, Cindy's PI, Mister Ozzy Caban. Yeah, he, he kind of sounds like a radio DJ. Yeah, like a shitty soft rock radio. Yeah, like... yeah. Not because of his voice, because of his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had given her a two-way radio to keep in contact with him just in case like her phone lines. And a button and oil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy here. What um, are you doing over and out? Yeah. yeah. Um, I got oil all over my panic button. <laughs> I can't hold on to it. He'd uh he'd heard uh a noise come through on the on the two-way radio. So um when she didn't answer, he goes to her house. And he finds Cindy unconscious on the floor with a fucking paring knife through her hand and a note pinned by the knife to her palm that says, now you must die, cunt. Well, not right now, though. Like later. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't kill her. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. didn't have that oil, you'd be dead already, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think she'd call herself a cunt. I don't think she'd call herself a cunt. No, I don't think so either. No, I don't think it's her anymore. Okay. For now. Yeah. For now. Um, no, it was cut and pasted just like the other ones were. Well, you had a bad hand. <laughs> you can operate scissors with a knife in your hand. <laughs> it would be so funny if she did it backwards. She's like, right. bam. Oh, oh, I stabbed myself shit. first. Yeah, I'm so blank. bad at this. So bad. <laughs> oh, my God. At the hospital when she wakes up, Cindy said the last thing she remembered was a man coming through her front gate and into her house and hitting her over the head with a blunt object. That simple. A four-armed man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, uh, negates the whole two people strangling her thing from earlier. It was one four-armed man. Oh, yeah, shit. It was Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, he was tough. He was tough. Goro make dead. Yeah, finish her. Goro make dead, yeah. Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> she uh she said her attacker stuck a needle in her arm and they did find a needle mark but no drugs in her system so him coming through the gate was not the last thing she remembered yeah i was gonna say which one happened first you got needled and then smoked in the head or smoked in the head then needled unclear <laughs> because as you'll find out all of these blur the fuck together it's blurring together already there's so many yeah. of them 
for it's, me. It's pretty blurry. It's constant. Cindy actually uh, took a polygraph, and uh, it. Can I guess? Oh yeah, guess, guess. Inconclusive. Yep, you nailed it. Fucking always got motherfucker. Sorry, that frustrates me. I, I don't know how they work, but it sounded like initially it leaned closer to truth, and they let her go on that. But um, the officer who did the test said the results were were inconclusive in in, in all reality. Kio Akoma, uh, he was a responding officer to the attack. He said he observed blood at the scene, smeared in circular patterns on the kitchen floor, like someone was trying to clean it up. Oh, so. That's weird. We just decided not to. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's what's strange. I mean, because that, that, that's the thing. Like you know, like if you are like, okay, Cindy's doing this. Why would she bother cleaning it up? But if you're like, she's not the one doing this. Why would someone half-ass clean it up? I'm now like more leaning towards one of the crazy kids that have just like yeah. fixated on her, and like now they're just. That's a good theory. But can they can they come and go as they please um, at this behavioral school for? Lesser I I feel like they cannot. But it's seven years later, so they might not even be there anymore. They might have just been a youth that lived around her and whatever they That's grew true. up around That's her for very six good point. or seven years, and then they left. Yeah. Okay, it's time to go. It's like, but I don't want to leave you. Yeah, I don't know why in my head I'm thinking of it's like it's fucking Neverland Ranch or something. You're very right. Yeah. Or excuse me, Neverland, not the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> wrong place, Damn. OJ. Yeah. Wrong trauma. Wrong trauma. <laughs> That's fucking burned into my zeitgeist understanding. Falsely accused. He was falsely accused. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 completely falsely throw this accused. one away. Let's go there. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> in uh in February of '84, um, Roy Makepeace kind of fully comes under suspicion by police as Cindy finally sort of tells them that she thinks it's Ben Roy. Roy makes scars. Yeah. Roy makes blood. <laughs> um, during questioning, Roy's response, and I fucking shit you not, is basically, it wasn't me. The mafia did it. <laughs> okay, I did the cucumbers. That's the same thing that happened the last time we did. <laughs> did you find any fucking tomatoes in that garden when you looked at it? I bet not. <laughs> A pattern emerges with the cases that we work, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he um yeah he seriously claimed this he said it had something to do with a kid at the behavioral center where cindy worked who was somehow potentially the child of someone involved in organized crime oh i've been able to find on this super weird cops had cindy's dad auto to be serious for a second about that what he said mm -hmm. is like that could be real like that could not be uh sound like a far-fetched excuse he could be sitting outside with guns and shit this guy show up and like threaten a guy with guns and he goes like i'm mafia tied and then he's got fucking mafia guy with him because they had a couple guys like that could be a thing like i'm not saying that's what it is i'm just saying it's not like that's going to be reported. It's not like he's going to go to the cops after and be like, the mafia guys came. Like, he's going to be scared shitless. I agree with you if I just really, really didn't dislike Roy. <laughs> I... Roy seems like such a fucking putz, yeah. He is a yeah. putz and a half, for sure. I, I really hate Roy. I know that we're divorced, but you, can we still go out to dinner sometimes, even though yeah. we're divorced? <laughs> if he's not a fucking loser, then he's like a scumbag. Like, I don't know, man. I I. I'm not sure they're mutually exclusive, buddy. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It sounds like a far-fetched thing, but maybe not. I don't know. Because it's it's some shit that like, well, dangerous stuff's happening. And those people deal in dangerous shit. You know? I 
I I do agree. I, I don't know much about Canadian mafia, so I don't Same. I don't. Yeah, makes sense. The cops actually had Cindy's dad, Otto. He they made him wear a wire and meet with Roy at a donut shop, and <laughs> he, he told Roy that he needed to stop contacting Cindy altogether, like flat out. In response to that, Roy sent Otto a six-page letter outlining his mafia theory and told Otto to tell the police they had to investigate it. <laughs> Roy Roy kind of like got this like persecution fetish going on with the police at this point i mean like yes they are investigating him but like his through line from here on out is they're trying to actively frame me for it so not only does he come up with a mafia theory he comes up with like this notion that the police just want to pin it on him um and be done with it which is like which is part of any good mafia theory you know no solid yeah. mafia theory uh, is complete without uh, patsy vibes <laughs> that's, that's true. true i'm just gonna step on the gas here and i'm gonna go through just months summer of 84 is another uh really big one also the name of a really really good movie if you have not seen it it's cool it's about a bunch of kids investigating a murderer never heard of it in june ozzy the private investigator gets a radio from a panic cindy goes right to her house Finds her cowering in her garden. No mention of whether or not it's been undestroyed or, or not. She replaced it. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, she said someone broke into her house while she was home, and she ran outside. Uh, looking around the house, Ozzy finds Cindy's dog, Heidi, scared and tied up in the basement. He makes a note of saying that the rope on the dog is the same that he had found on the cats that were left on her property. Is he qualified to make that fucking uh, decision? I don't. Is he qualified to make that decision? Dude, private investigators pretend they're qualified to do everything, i.e. this show. Except for us. We're, we're very qualified to solve anything. <laughs> 1-855-PRIVATE-X. Yes. Um, we're, we're leading experts in animal tying rope. <laughs> Unlike Ozzy, Ozzy Make Lies Caban over here. Also in the basement is a note that just reads happy birthday with a bunch of fucking pictures of porn. Um, <laughs> it's the first good gift she's gotten. And then there's a cigarette butt of a different brand than what Cindy smoked. So that's all, all Ozzy found in the house. What brand? Something Canadian, like Roth, roll something. Rothmans? Yeah. Rothmans. Yeah. Yeah. And I only say it's Canadian. Never I've never fucking it. heard of it in my life. Yeah. It's definitely a Canadian. A, it's a Canadian one, Rothman. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know what Cindy smoked. Next few weeks, more calls. One, Ozzy answered while Cindy was not home. I don't believe anyone spoke on that one. And uh, another dead cat on the stairs inside of her house this time. So fourth cat. Four cats. All right. Are the cats yep. hogtied? Um, they don't say how they're tied, just that they're tied. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've not found any pictures of the cats. I'm developing a theory, so I'm just wondering okay. if they're hogtied it's, as well. It's really weird that they keep they keep giving her dead cats, but she's a dog owner. <laughs> That's that is true. Like she give um, maybe she didn't give a shit about cats. It's because yeah, if it's Roy, it's because he's a little pussy and he can only fucking kill cats. He's too scared of the dogs. It's like I don't want to. That thing's big. Cats are fucking mean though. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. I wasn't able to find out what kind of dog Heidi was though, and that dog was tied up. I'm scared kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so july 
Cindy uh, reports to Ozzy that two men pretending to be cops showed up at her house <laughs> and ran away as soon as she got them on the radio. Same week, Cindy gets more threats. One is a phone call saying, you're dead, bitch. It's going to feel good. A uh, co-worker of Cindy's answers another at her work where someone actually speaks this time and says, it's going to, it's going to feel good. It makes me like, are you okay guys? Stalker, you really overstepping your capabilities here. Like yeah. scare her, you know, stalker, all that shit, mur eventually murder her, but don't fucking tell her she's going to enjoy it. You yeah. know, that's fucking, you don't uh, You can't, you can't do that one. I think you're talking about himself. <laughs> like this is going to feel good when I kill you. Like it, it came across to me. Like he was telling her like, and you're going to like it. I agree with both, but prefer Darren's interpretation. <laughs> One point, Darren. Suck fine. Suck it, suck it, Richard. Darren makes arm pumping motion. Darren, big point. But just one, though. Just one. Uh, <laughs> Darren, one point. If you didn't catch it, uh, the coworker that answered uh, did hear someone say, get rid of the big pig uh, before they hung up. Did they mean cop? Yeah, maybe they did mean the cop. I don't know. <laughs> Cindy informs Ozzy before heading out that she's about to walk her dog. I find it interesting she's still walking her dog. Yeah, that seemed bold. It's like two years of, of like being in terror, though. You're right. Like, you feel like you're correct. She'd probably be very scared at this point. Yeah, it, or it doesn't be. make any sense. I mean, that or it's just fucking normal. But maybe she's like doing the whole like got her groove back thing. She's like, I'm not going to be a fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a victim anymore. Well, good right. thing she got her confidence up because three hours later she knocks on a stranger's door and collapses, a nylon stocking around her neck, two needle marks in her arm. They doubled down this time. This yeah. is like Arkham Asylum. Like there's a bunch of yeah. fucking crazy guy. Like we didn't even talk about the two fake police officers. They're, that's weird too. Like what the mm -hmm. fuck is going on here? It mm -hmm. seems like a lot of work for one lady to do to herself. Yeah, no, it's it's not yeah. her anymore. There's someone doing because it. Because she's upset that her family moved to fucking France or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, again, no drugs in her system uh, after the needle marks. In August of 84, Cindy tries hypnosis, but it doesn't reveal anything useful at the time. Because it's fake, not a real science. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. October to November, for two months, everything is quiet. December, more calls, all threatening. January of 85. We're in 85 now. Uh, more hypnosis. Cindy recalls suddenly a repressed memory, which uh, we know is always real, right? She decided to include it this time. Yeah. Yeah, she she got creative. The repressed memory thing, that's what happened with satanic panic, right? All these mm -hmm. kids just started remembering shit, so you know, that seems right. Well, and it's a it's a qualified hypnotist who pulls it out of her, so you know it's it's got to have some ground, right? I wonder if it's, it's, it's hard to become a hypnotherapist as it is just to become a regular... I used to be a therapist in South Africa, the therapist. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Maybe I wonder. Yeah. I, somehow I do feel like the standards are lower in South Africa for being a psychiatrist. Hypnotherapist. Thank you. Yeah. Hip maybe that is all he was. He's yeah. like, I can't get licensed. They're like, okay, well, like, show us what your skills are. And he's, he's like, just You're like, kidding. give me a license. <laughs> my eyes. Richard, RJ, and Darren all shake a stopwatch back and forth. Yeah. Motion. <laughs> Imaginable stopwatch. Yo, this is the most accessible fucking podcast in history. <laughs> we are crushing it. We should submit this to the ADA for approval. Yeah. This uh, this supposed repressed memory is of Cindy witnessing a murder on a sailing trip she was on in 1981, and she won't 
say anymore. With her husband? She won't talk about it. No wonder she fucking hates sailing. This chick's gone through enough fucking weird shit that she probably just, obviously just made that shit up, but she probably believed the fuck out of it. Could be, yeah. June of 85, Cindy gulps down a whole bottle of sleeping pills to try and kill herself. Uh, I think Roy, um, the silent treatment was how he threatened to kill her, and he is in the mafia. So, mm. you know, if you, if, you, if you tell anybody about this murder, I'll give you the fucking silent treatment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Roy, make quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's my new theory. <laughs> awesome. Because of this, Cindy is involuntarily committed to the hospital, and she's only allowed to leave if she goes and agrees to stay with her brother, which she says she, she does and then does not and goes home alone. No one's ever voluntarily committed to the hospital. You can be voluntarily admitted to the hospital, but she never voluntarily. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, a week after this, her phone lines are cut again. God damn it. Yeah. That's a <laughs> lot of technician calls. Maybe the uh, maybe the Royal Mounted Police are paying for her phone lines to be fixed, and that's where all the money went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so an interesting thing I found is that, like, I don't know how it works in Canada or or any of the provinces, but a lot of these times she's like a victim. She gets some kind of like compensation. What? Yeah, I've never heard of that. I had a home invasion where I got beat the fuck out of, and I had to really. Okay, I had a party at my house, and there was a fight at mm-hmm. my house the night before. I wasn't even involved. I didn't even see it. But they broke into my house the day after the party when I was just sleeping and beat the shit right. Out. I was like, I blocked like this pins and shit all in my arm and stuff were just they stole a bunch of shit too but then they found oh, out those guys coming back to like beat the guy up from the day before like <laughs> what? like that doesn't even make sense but like i had to quit my job i couldn't do all my the shit i had to do and like no compensation just like holy fuck better luck next time dude like thanks man. that's crazy yeah because that's specifically what they cited as is she got workers compensation at least you could have shot them i was sleeping though like how do you shoot someone who boot fucks you when you're in bed like I could, I wish shotgun, I had a yeah. gun. I would have shot him with a shotgun had I got a shotgun. Fuck. But you can workers' comp if you have a good job. That's from your job, though. Yeah. So like that's interesting because it's it's all fairly government regulated here, and you only get that if it happens at work. And yeah. you pass the weed test. That too. But yeah, I'm sure she pro- she had probably a somewhat governmenty job, right? So I'm sure she had a pretty good like benefits package. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. So in uh. In July of 85, a month after she tries to kill herself, Cindy makes the claim that it was Roy who killed on the boat. He was the murderer. She says that he taunted her about it and dismembered this fucking couple and took one of their severed limbs and smeared blood on her face. Interestingly, Melanie, Cindy's sister, was also on the trip and does not seem to recall. Melanie, you never fucking support me, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) If I say Roy's a murderer, you back me up. Yeah. So obviously Roy denies this. Someone's getting a dead cat for Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He starts calling Cindy crazy specifically, saying that there's something wrong with her. Cops looked into the claim and uh, found zero evidence. You know, there's there's no way. I mean, because Cindy mentioned like a cabin somewhere that she had hid them. I mean, they went out and looked into all this shit. In all fairness, these are the same cops that can't fucking find this stalker. So, you know. That's true. That's true. They After this, they're like, all right, enough. Stake out one week. Cindy's house, Roy's house, 24 hours a day for seven days. $1.5 million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> RCMP are overpaid. <laughs> yep. Yeah. During this week, 
nothing at all happens. No unusual activity, Shocker. no stalking incidents, no phone calls. Officer we can't see and officer um reports <laughs> no wrongdoings. For <laughs> <Yeah. one case. laughs> officer can't see and don't hear. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing very crack police uh, officer, work. Yeah. <laughs> officer work naps. <laughs> officer coffee break. a couple weeks later uh, there's another phone call to Cindy's house and the interesting thing about this call is that it was recorded and traced by the phone company and reported back to the cops as having come from Cindy's own number at her house how the fuck do you call yourself you used to be able to do it when I, when I was a kid. Well, I had like a like a whatever rotor you did. But if you dial your own number and then hang up, it'll ring. Yeah, I, I read about it. And you call yourself a stalker. <laughs> I stalk <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently there was a whole bunch of like phone spoofing shit you could do back in the day. Yeah, freaking. Yeah, which kind of opens it up to the other phone calls and how they started coming from these weirdly specific places. Do you know what I mean? Oh, dude. Also, this is another the calls are coming from inside the house. Fucking it's from inside the I mean, house, yeah. Well, God, that's that's the other way to take it. Is does she get the phone call? And is does she? You know, let's say Cindy's innocent. How fucking terrifying is that? You know, you find out after the fact. Well, Cindy, um, looks like you called yourself, you dumb bitch. And she's just like, "What? Stop hanging out with dudes, you fucking dumb, you idiot." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to victim blame. I don't want to victim blame. Sorry, Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) So a week after that phone call, a case of rotted meat shows up at Cindy's house in the mail. I think this is the case of like um, the UPS guys being shitty at their jobs. He's trying to to send you like some legit meat, you know? (laughs) Yeah, maybe she did. Maybe someone just tried to like send her some steaks because they felt yeah. bad for her. And <laughs> dropped the ball like, as for usual. Four weeks late. <laughs> um, apparently, the meat was in a small. I say case. I, I mean to say cosmetics case, like a small like makeup box, and it's like from a, some kind of small animal, like maybe like a rabbit or a squirrel, cat, a cat or cat. Yeah. So uh, August of eighty five, there's a fire in Cindy's basement again. Yep. They uh They're burning in her loins, a fire in her basement. They <laughs> investigate the fire and they found a window open, but nothing broken or forced. Literally the next night there's another fire. Now I'm back to thinking she's doing shit to herself. She's gotta be doing some of this to herself. Yeah. Yeah. On the third night, or on, I'm sorry, on on the twenty first of August, a few weeks later, a third fire. Yeah, she's like a she's like a Vietnam vet at this point, like PTSD right out, just like waking yeah. up in the middle of the night doing crazy shit. I can mm-hmm. see like a, she's the um, you know they're not finding this fucker, so let me amp it up a little bit to yeah. keep on the case, maybe that yeah. too. If that's the case, though, it it backfires because Richard is is on on point. The investigators are like, all right, no more screwing around. She's doing this. That's sort of like, I mean, there was a couple turning points where they were like, hmm, and then it's at this point where they start approaching it like she is just sabotaging herself. In December <laughs> of 85, Cindy moves again, this time back into the uh, same suburb where we started in Richmond. A week later... Seems like, like an odd choice, but okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't make no sense. A week later, she's found wandering around a pond near the University of British Columbia campus. She's wearing men's work boots and a single glove. That's it? Yeah. 
I they that's the thing. And boots. <laughs> I'm a, I was I'm, I took it to mean that the clothes went without saying oh, okay. um, that they just singled out the weird stuff. But yeah, maybe it is just uh, <laughs> okay. naked except for the glove and boots. I wonder what her family's thinking during all this. Like, I wonder if they're just like, this is typical fucking Cindy, always fucking. They're with Cindy. Um, They're on Cindy's side. They think Cindy's being stalked. They came home from France or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's true. The threatened yeah. Otto, whatever his name was. Her dad's Otto, but yeah, Otto threatens Roy. That's yeah. right. But I, I'm thinking like, her sister and her, because she said he said he had a sister and her mom and all the like Millie or whatever. She has she has five siblings. She's one of six. She's got three brothers and two yeah, sisters. I just wonder if they all go like, "Holy fuck, Cindy again," or if they're like Cindy's, because like your parents have one view of you, and then your siblings have another view of you. You know, what so I mean? like, and from everything I can find, even you know at the time, and then and then of course now, um, they're all adamant that someone did it to her. They don't think she was doing it to herself. Okay, fair enough. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to, um, to hogtie yourself and kill yourself in the back of, you know, it's tough, yep. it's tough move. Mm-hmm. There's another no, needle mark. I bet they feel like shit. I bet they feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we never should have gone to France. And if, if they hear this, dude, they should fucking feel like shit. Her uh, her sister currently runs a website, wrote a book about it, but I'm pretty sure the book was like self-published or something, so it's a little... Yeah. It's a Google Doc. <laughs> yeah. And she also fucking published her sister's diary. Yeah, right. Jesus. I mean, there's I other books that have been written about this by like genuine like academics and shit. So definitely don't go running to Cindy's sister for the first <laughs> reading material on this one. I feel like we will we'll be the fucking uh, you know the go to experts on the case by the time. Oh, we here. always are. Yeah. Yes, sir. You got that right. <laughs> Someone will listen to this, and then and then there will be uh, like a uh, sixty minutes saying how they they figured it out. They finally solved what happened to Cindy for sure. It had to be way more than a sixty minutes if you listen to this figured out. <laughs> All right, uh, what it usually is then an eighteen part, one hour an episode Netflix <laughs> right. series. Yeah, that's usually what happens. We'll put out an episode on Netflix. We'll put out a seventeen piece documentary and f- yeah, show how they uh, almost solved it. Yep, and never once cite us. <laughs> Like I said, they, when they found her at that university, they did find another needle mark in her arm. She said she flat out didn't remember how she got there. And no one knows. Moving on to 1986, uh, Cindy, this is when Cindy gets her name, which probably seems weird. Her maiden name's Hack, and then her married name's Makepeace. She just changes it to James for the hell of it. I, I don't think that's for the hell of it to like throw the scent off of whoever's chasing her around. The fact that she chose James, I mean, it doesn't come from anything that I could find. It's for the love of super freak. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. I'm a super freak. Yeah, Cindy super freak. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, another quite a few months. And then in uh, April of 86, friends start staying at Cindy's house. It's that uh, friend of hers, Agnes Woodcock and her husband, Tom. There's a fourth fucking fire the night that they're there. Tom tries to call the police, but phone lines are cut. Holy shit. Believe it or not. He apparently runs out of the house, gets help from someone else, and then, um, you know, because the because of the way the police are approaching all this shit, immediate commitment in a, in a psychiatric ward for Cindy. And, uh, and they initially put her there for two weeks. She undergoes a comprehensive evaluation 
and ends up staying in one ward or another for a total of 10 weeks. The the test they ran concluded that Cindy had a well above average IQ. For a gullible. Right. They said she was uh, ex- extremely uh, prone to negative thoughts and was highly a highly conforming individual, which sort of explains why she never wanted to seek out any, any therapy herself. She just... She, constantly consumed by what people think of her. They, they characterize her personality type as saying as someone who is extremely vulnerable to fear. So, so the perfect victim for any stalker to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impervious to fear. So I don't understand. Yeah. Me, me neither. We're all, we're all super uh, yeah. brave, tough, tough guys. <laughs> I just find that funny. Like somebody who doesn't like fear or what are they, what did you say? She's, She's uh, extremely, extremely vulnerable to it so i guess basically i think what they're trying to say is that you know like it sounds dumb but she she's more susceptible to becoming afraid and kind of like having that be like a feedback loop um is my understanding of it she's scared of fear yeah <laughs> <laughs> she fears being scared she's yeah. got fear fear of phobia there's a, there's, a, there's a perfect circle she's scared cindy. because she's in fear but she fears because she's scared <laughs> cindy fear scared right phobophobia is an insane fear of being afraid Really? Phobophobia. Phobophobia. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. I had to it look sounds it like a it sounds like an animated elephant in a cartoon. That was stuff um, Yeah. <laughs> and his and his cousin, Phobophobia, who right. stalks and murders women. And kills cats, really. Predominantly, yeah. I think Alpha's doing all this. <laughs> 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 One of these fucking puppets is up to something. <laughs> oh fuck! Cindy gets a new job in the beginning of 1987. She's uh, working at uh, Richmond General Hospital. Uh, she likes it there. Everyone thinks she's good at it. Her home is broken into. Yes. <laughs> Her home is broken into in August of 87, and a week later, someone uses a glass cutter on her basement window, which is just inconsistent. I mean, like, she's she's getting windows broken and shit smashed, and then people breaking into her home, and then they start using a glass cutter. It's weird. It's- well, when, when uh, like, heist movie came out between the two. God, we're not yeah, smashing yeah, glass anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did Die Hard come out? <laughs> Get a glass cutter. We're going to rub our game here. Flash forward to 88, Cindy Cindy claims someone breaks a window and calls the police again. In October of 88, Makepeace gets two voice messages on his answering machine. I want to play the one of them now. So, Are these the only ones they have recorded of, all, of these phone calls? Yeah, as, far, as near as I can tell, yes. Okay, I'm interested. And this actually will kind of be like a dual purpose because it's got the only picture of her body here yeah i saw that earlier when i was just trying to see what she looked like yeah when you said uh make sure to get rid of the pig i was like is she a fat chick and then no (laughs) No, (laughs) all right Let's do that one more time. Yeah. Dead meat? Play that bad boy two times speed and see if you hear what I hear. 
This is still one speed. So dead meat is a lot of what's being said. So it's Cindy dead meat. Okay. Two times speed. You want us to do this? Yeah. Out? Yeah. 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 Hear it and tell me if you hear what I hear. Dead meat. It's really fast. So I'll try it again. Uh, yeah. Dead meat. What do you think you're hearing? I'm hearing just faster dead, dead meat. Uh, it just sounds like some lady doing a creepy voice. Yeah, a woman's voice. Yeah, it sounds like a woman's voice. It sounds like a woman's voice yeah. at normal speed. It does, but it's I, if you haven't heard it before, it it freaks you out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you get over that. Like I mean, not me. I'm super brave and tough like you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> I was alone. I was alone when I listened to it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you have the lights I'm, on and like someone's in the room with you. <laughs> I'm really scared of being scared. I got phobophobia. I got phobophobic. Yeah, no, I mean, because it throws you off initially, and then, yeah, it just sounds like a lady putting on a It sounds like a woman to me, yeah. But that's about all they got. I don't know where the other one is. That's the only one I can find. That one's on her sister's website, too. That's the only one she shares. So I don't know who's got the other one. The murder denier sister? I'm not sure if it's that sister. She's got, like, a shitload of siblings. I think it might be because it's Melanie's her younger sister and she comes up a lot. AKA the same amount of siblings as me. I have the same amount of siblings. That's a lot of siblings. That's too many. You need to get rid of some. I've been trying my whole life. Maybe that's what happens. <laughs> Try to get rid of one. There's too many of these. Yeah. The other one says it's, it's really dumb. More smack, more downers, another grand after we waste the cunt. No more deal. You can't find that one to. Yeah. I haven't been able to. I don't know where that one is. I think it's Richard Nixon. Yeah, it's, it's Dick Nixon. Yeah, yeah. It does sound like him. No more. The new deal's out the window. <laughs> Two weeks after Roy gets these these strange uh, voicemails, Cindy is found unconscious in her garage, hogtied, pantsless, and a nylon stocking around her neck. No glove, no boot. No glove, no boot. No glove, no boot. She was. Uh, she was just. She was. This is the first time she was found hogtied. With the cops thinking, like, already this is her doing it to herself, they were like, wait, what the fuck? So they actually hired a not expert, and they don't say, but I'm assuming this cost them $750,000. <laughs> this guy's name is Robert Chisnall. He was like a, a hiker, sort of like, it sounds like a Boy Scout type dude or survivalist. He concluded it was highly unlikely Cindy could tie those knots herself. Thanks, Chisnall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate, appreciate it, thanks, Bobby Chiz. Thanks for that awesome insight you got there, Chiz. No, she didn't tie her hands behind her back. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's telling about the cops then because they went out of their way to hire a not expert just to see if, you know, they didn't automatically go, oh, we were wrong. They they went, how'd she do that? He was a not expert, though. It means he wasn't an expert. That's so funny. <laughs> they hired a dude who wasn't good at anything. What do you think she did with these knots? That's uh -oh. the foundation for my entire last joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Even, I don't even know if she could tie the knots in front because I can't do it. <laughs> it's just not an expert of anything. But then again, I'm no, I'm no expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A non-expert. <laughs> so in January of '89, there's a note at Cindy's work. It says, "Soon, Sydney." And again, it's all magazine letters, cut and pasted. When she goes out to her car that same day, she finds sleep well written on the condensation of her windshield. I'm assuming from the outside, 
but it is not specified yet. I don't know why. I feel like if it was a stalker, they'd call her Cynthia sometimes. Yeah, you'd think. Sleep well, Cynthia. Yeah, but she would never call herself Cynthia because she fucking hates that name. Or maybe it was saying Cynthia sleep well. <laughs> I think it'd be Cynthia sleep good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> April 89, another reported break-in. This time, the cops use bloodhounds or some kind of scent dogs. These dogs to smell. Huskies? Yeah, I don't know if it was huskies. They, yeah, they, <laughs> they spent another $800,000 getting a, getting a sled team together. I had a question about this break-in. How did the uh, how did the phone lines fare? Uh, no word on the phone lines this time. God damn, that means they were good. Yeah, <laughs> our phone line has to be very short by now. <laughs> it's like hardly any phone. <laughs> the phone company all but didn't demanded that she get uh, protective covering on her phone lines, and she never right. listened to them. You guys have to pay a deposit, Cynthia. Yeah, this part I didn't want to include just because it's off the top of my head and it's the most anecdotal shit you can find but i was on reddit uh looking up theories and uh, you know of course one of the comments is someone's niece's friend whose, whose uncle worked as a as a technician for the phone company while he was there he said he, he went out to to fix her phone lines a couple times while he was there <laughs> more than once for sure yeah oh for sure <laughs> while i was there supposedly cindy was like asking him all these questions about like well if somebody wanted to you know cut the phone lines in the most efficient way <laughs> or if they wanted to uh remove power from the house like all this shit i i guess uh they say that this guy walked away going like oh for sure she did it to herself but again no names no sources a fucking Reddit comment. And also, he's not an expert. Yeah. Yeah. His name was Robert Chisnall. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not fix her phone lines that day. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby Knotts over there. Bobby yeah. Knotts. <laughs> so uh, the next month in May of 89, there's another break in. They bring the dogs back again. And interestingly, the dogs do find a scent and they track it through her house and out to the backyard and over the fence. But it leads to nothing. Did you go through the garden? Ah, they didn't say it. Maybe the dogs fucked up the garden. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that brings us to May 25th, 1989. Cindy fucking vanishes. The day of the disappearance, Cindy is preparing for a five-day vacation from work. Sounds like it's going to be like a staycation. She's just going to, you know, hang out in town and uh, and just enjoy not working. What once was supposed to be five days of vacation turned into <laughs> an eternity. <laughs> a vacation from life. <laughs> She's planning on staying with her friends, the Woodcocks. Uh, if you remember them, they apparently have sleepovers all the time, even though they're in their 40s. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Where does endless love in the dark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, it's a Friday because she goes to pick up her paycheck from Richmond General Hospital. And a coworker is cited as saying that Cindy seemed to be in good spirits that day. And Cindy apparently told her that anything bad happening for a few weeks. Oh, uh, uh, fucking jinx herself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn it. She, uh, she then goes to a shopping center called the Blundell Shopping Center, uh, where she does some grocery shopping at a Safeway. 
and deposits her check at a bank of Montreal. Irony. Yeah. <laughs> Safeway. Um, <laughs> Not quite as safe as we led you to believe. <laughs> no, no. It's like it's like Harm Avenue, maybe. <laughs> so the, the Woodcocks had been expecting Cindy for a few hours. She doesn't show. They get worried. Honestly, this is a woman where if she's 20 minutes late, I think you immediately start panicking. You should be fucking terrified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They uh they get worried and they go to her home. At her home is not Cindy, but is a tenant from her basement. They don't say all of them that I could find, but this one actually has a name and it's a different guy from people who lived there previously. This man's name is Richard Johnston. Dick Johnston? Dick Johnston. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's apparently a life insurance salesman. Of course he is. Irony again. <laughs> he sold Cindy a policy at one point, which is how they, they knew each other. He's terrible at his job. Who boy, right? Risk assessment, <laughs> pal. Jesus fucking Christ. Not a, um, what are those guys, uh, assessor? Not an assessor. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's there and um, he tells the Woodcocks that she had gone shopping. Just because the Woodcocks know Cindy, they immediately go to Blundell Shopping Center. They know that's where she goes. She actually hates Safeway. It's just the only place she can go with her phone. Yeah. The uh, Target. I can't do Target. It sounds too harsh. I'm going to get shot at Target. Food lines. Terrifying. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, there at the shopping center. They spot Cindy's car and find that it is abandoned. Were the groceries in it? Yep. They go to the cops. Cops come out and start investigating immediately just because of Cindy's history. They automatically put her as a missing person's. Uh, they don't waste any time. Are you serious? They're, now they're playing serious fucking cops. Yeah, right? Yeah. The fucking gall. It's the, it's <laughs> it's classic, though. Like, wait till something happens before you actually take it serious. But, yep. I mean, come on. Like, think about how many times I've changed my mind whether or not she's actually done it to herself, though. Like, I can see the cops getting frustrated with this, too. You're not a cop and you're not there. That's true. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. It's pretty nuts. It's been presented in, with a, you know, a comical undertone, at least. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So inside uh, Cindy's car are traces of blood, the grocery she just bought, dead cat, a wrapped birthday gift for her friend's son. Which you you understand why that like sticks out to me? Yeah. Like the groceries, I can understand if she was doing this herself. The groceries I could get. It's a good alibi. It's the extra mile. It's it's the extra extra mile. Yeah, but like a wrapped birthday gift. Yeah, I feel like that's a chore you don't want to do if you're just about to kill yourself. Yeah, that feels strange. Was it was it a dead cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did anybody open the gift? Is it a dead cat? Have you guys seen Smile? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kid opened it. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Yeah. Um, not a great movie, but my favorite scene. Do you think the kids still open the present? That so <laughs> So fucked up. <laughs> right, you can't hey, open pal, uh, your aunt Cindy got you this. Have a seat. Go ahead and open it first, and then we'll tell you why she's not here. It's a fucking dead cat. That bitch. <laughs> they uh, they also find the contents of Cindy's wallet on the ground under the car. Cops go to Cindy's house to check on everything. Totally undisturbed. Everything's in perfect order. The uh, eventually the the coast guard get involved and they're going up and down rivers apparently cruising the gulf of georgia to to just try to find 
her body at this point. Ultimately, um, oh no, excuse me. Let me get through this part first, just because I think this is important. But wait, there's more. Yeah, there's more. <laughs> and it has to do with Dick Johnston. Um, there's always time for some more Dick Johnston. In yeah, exactly. A few days after Cindy had disappeared, Johnston called the police as soon as he had gotten a call at his office from a man who claimed to be Cindy's father asking about her life insurance policy. Hmm. Uh, the caller was told that they would need to visit the office in order to discuss it. When Otto was asked, Cindy's father, he denied ever making such a call. Who's the beneficiary? I don't know. God damn it, it's a really important piece of information. It, it, it <laughs> is, but... Not for but you to have, for them to have told us. Am I not the investigator? I take full ownership of the missing bits of information. I'll look it up, but honestly, like... Richard Johnson may have just re replaced you as the, as the new RJ, though, you know? Oh, shit. That's oh, not allowed. Yeah. No. I would have to get, like, if I were to, like, guess, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now just because I, and I'll be honest with you, it's not even because, like, I'm bad at researching, which I am. <laughs> Your overwhelming feeling of uh, failing? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, mostly just because I'm not even smart enough to have thought about it. <laughs> it was the dead, as though the dead cats were the beneficiary. Oh, my God. Yeah. Heidi the dog. <laughs> You'll be scared no more, Heidi. <laughs> She even named her dog Heidi. Like, yeah. She's hiding. She's <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Yeah, I mean, a cursory Google search isn't giving me anything. Johnston reports that to the police. Uh, Otto says it wasn't him. And then uh, on June 8th, 1989, four days before her 45th birthday, uh, they find Cindy's body. This dude. Oh, fuck, dude. I. This never occurred to me before, but now that we're on this name game shit, this is going to be so funny. <laughs> this municipal paving worker, Gordon Starchuk. <laughs> Why is it like two fucking nouns, all, like the, like a fucking action? All the names are I like... I have no idea. It, that did not rate to me at all before we've been on this train, dude. That's such a good Chuck. name. Anyways, he found her in a backyard of an abandoned house. <laughs> Hogtied and fucking... What, how did she die? Choked? Yep. She choked herself to death. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> she is found hogtied. She has the nylon stocking around her neck. She's barefoot. And there is a needle mark in her arm. And this time they find in her bloodstream 10 times the lethal dose of morphine. Which is the first time. There's also like a cocktail of other medication in her stomach, but they are confident it's the morphine that killed her. You know, 10 times the lethal limit? Is that what, that what uh, did it for them? 10, ten, ten <laughs> times the lethal limit tipped them off. Yeah. Also, I feel like hogs get the same bad rap that Tom gets for peeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we rename it and call it Cindy Tide? <laughs> 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 it sounds okay. like she's been she's been tied that way more than any fucking pig has <laughs> the address of the house is 8111 blundell road it is a half mile from the shopping center where her car was abandoned where she is in the backyard of this property there's like a propane tank in the back and it's got like orange spray painted graffiti and it says some bitch died here and there's a line coming down from it over the ground, and then it 
the spray paint circles Cindy's body. What? That's crazy. It's hard to do a morphine. Right. Hard. Yeah. And dead. Mm-hmm. All right. The autopsy showed the morphine and then a decomposition test showed that Cindy could have been in that spot or, or just at least dead for as long as six days. Remember, she disappeared on May 25th and she was found on June 8th. Definitely leaving room for there to be a period of time that she was alive and just missing. And hungry. A one-year-old birthday party's come and gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get any good good kid birthday cake with all their, their <laughs> snot and spit all over it. So they said her hands were bound so tightly that one of her fingernails scratched the skin of another finger down to the bone. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's fucking rough. Out of the gate, the Dudley Do-Right suspected a suicide and said that said as much to the media who ran with it immediately. Immediately. Yes, immediate, immediately. <laughs> it's a it's a more fun story for them, so I get that. Yeah, of course. It's cuz it's like, whoa, you know. How did she do it? Let's talk about it for 3 months. Come on, talking mm-hmm. heads. Or fucking 35 years as is the case. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy, good old good old Ozzy Caban decided that he wanted to inspect her body himself. Ozzy Caban can just go, I want to inspect the body. They go no problem, Ozzy. Come on. I man. guess so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, and that's the thing. I don't know, like what, like maybe she gave him like some level of power of attorney and shit like that. Who knows? He he was the recipient of the life insurance. That's also yeah. I mean, why else would he keep working if he's not being paid anymore? You yeah, know what he, I mean? He was like, you know what? If you sign over all your life insurance to me, I'll keep doing the case. Right. She's gonna die eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do my job bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was already doing that. Yeah. Well, actually, this is a really good get from him. He noted that her blood had pooled and settled on the left side of her body, which means that she likely died on her left side. Now, if you remember the picture, body's found on her right side. Hmm. If you'll also you can't really see it because the picture is such shitty quality, but they do note that her feet are like completely clean and they didn't find shoes or socks anywhere. So for her to be a half mile away from her car and not have dirty feet means she probably didn't walk there. Roy shoe fetish took the shoes on the way out. Roy shoe fetish. (laughs) (laughs) That's how she died. And that's her body. Now there's an inquest in 1990. This inquest was crazy. It was the biggest in British Columbia history at the time. There were five jurors and testimony from over 80 witnesses. It was scheduled for three weeks, but ended up going on for 40 days. I bet you the indigenous people that finally got their like missing and murder inquest like 20 years later were fucking so mad. Goddamn oh, white bet. girl. Goddamn white yep. girl. One white girl dies and there's a fucking inquest this- for five <laughs> Yeah, that's fucking so crazy. Yeah. Um. So uh, a good sampling of the evidence in the case is the two messages from Roy's answering machine. And then Roy is uh, gives the testimony and he accuses Cindy's family of abusing her sexually without any real evidence. He's so goddamn guilty. Without any real evidence. Interestingly, though, a, a psychiatrist that Cindy had seen, because several of her psychiatrists do testify, but a psychiatrist independently came to this thought without Cindy ever admitting it to him. 
he said that her behaviors were were very like based in rage and that she held a great deal of resentment toward her father and he also theorized that she was sexually abused by her father when she was a kid doesn't give her up the book no <laughs> yeah several psychiatrists visited her none of them were roy because he fucking couldn't pass the test exactly yeah this is also <laughs> when roy full-blown tries to like pseudo diagnose her with he he claims that he thinks she may have dissociative identity disorder and have a split personality and other psychiatrists don't come to the same conclusion because they don't have shitty South African. You mean other psychiatrists? <laughs> he's not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Actual, Actual psychiatrist. He's a hypno psychiatrist. You yeah, will yeah. be another My person. <laughs> yeah, they they think like borderline personality disorder, maybe. But like, I mean, I I know very little about borderline, but it doesn't really seem like she is. But I I I, I don't no feel idea. like it was designated as like personality disorders until like the two thousands or so. It's like. They would have called it split personality and they went to. Yeah, he I'm sure he said split personality, but the way because there's theories now and that is one of the leading theories is it's DID. So, yeah, I just use the preferred nomenclature now. If that's true, that wouldn't have been investigated until so long after death that it's like, oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, like for sure. Like it could be for sure. Sorry, that was just my insecurity. Also, split personality. One can't fucking hog tie the other one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad we got to the bottom of that one. Hell yeah. So here's a fun one. Uh another thing that came to light was after going through Cindy's house after she had died, Cindy's parents apparently found a fucking dragon's horde of medications in her house, which they flushed down the toilet like fucking Karen Hill. Why? Here's my little theory in there. All of those meds were prescribed to her. There was no, like, illegal meds. I don't think she was taking her meds, and I think they tried to hide that. Yeah, that could be, like, that could explain a lot of the, like, let's say 50% of what that happened from somebody else. The other 50% is her projecting because she's been having these stalking things happen to her and Mm -hmm. her not taking her meds makes a lot of sense to that her sister also found a glass cutter a medical syringe kit a urinary catheter and saline solution so they found basically everything that wasn't like threatening to her life at her house well it sounded like they found everything consistent with everything that was happening for except for the fucking nylon stockings you know what i mean Yeah, I I have a theory on that, on all that, and I think it's pretty sound. Do you think they like? Do you think they all those injection marks from before was all heroin and shit? I think it was her injecting herself, to be honest, because that's why like they found like the, I don't know, you know, I can't explain the the last one because there's no evidence there. But my, I guess my theory is that she did have DID and that. Roy was taking advantage of it and he ultimately was the one who killed her. I think he was egging her on. I actually came up with a, I came up with my theory like on my way just now, five minutes ago. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. So my theory, so, I mean, I fucking figured it out. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. That's perfect. There's one bit of information that I did want you to have. This changes my theory would be pissed. <laughs> it, it should, I'm hoping it doesn't, but at this this big inquest, this trial to figure out how how Cindy died, they made Robert Chisnall they they made him come to the inquest and show them how one could feasibly hog tie themselves. 
it, it, like to dem- demonstrate how it's Does done. Does he do it mid-court? <laughs> he did it pretty easily, um, didn't he? Well, that was the problem. He could not do it within the three-minute time frame it would have taken for the morphine in the in, her, in Cindy's system to totally overtake her and knock her out. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he's not an expert after all. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, went, Cindy went very few top end, wrapped the present, did a fucking heroic dose of morphine and still pulled the mouth off. And this fucking expert couldn't make it happen. He couldn't maybe get it. It's performance anxiety, I think, probably. Yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that could be part of it too. I never do this in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> now I propose to this court that I got this piece of string, and you <laughs> tie yourself up like a hog <laughs> right now in front of the jury. <laughs> Hell yes. I love Canadian country lawyer at the Cindy James death inquest. Oh my God. Perfect. Didn't think Uh, you could do that. I arrest my case. Oh my God. Yeah, it doesn't say that they made him do it, but you know they did. Like, you know, he was too stupid not to just go, like, you guys are done. Yeah. I'm not doing this. He went, Oh, yeah, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> just a dude out of breath on the floor, tying, <laughs> hog tying himself with pantyhose. And just everyone, like, man, come on. Yeah. Just get up, man. A, a woman's dead. <laughs> no, I can do it. Reset the clock. If I had DID, I could do it. How much time? Like, 30. <laughs> 29, 28, 26. Just give me a couple more seconds. Still putting time. Three, two, one. Time. Oh, just so bad. Yeah, it gets like a minute in. Like shot him up with heroin. All right, this is a lethal dose of heroin. You got to tie that hard time before you die. Make it or not, you're going to die. <laughs> we could uh, narcan you but we won't <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, so yeah that didn't change my theory at all okay yeah. cool well they on may 25th literally one year to the day after she disappeared they legally declare her cause of death unknown they couldn't come to a consensus just to run through like uh you know some of the theories that other people have like you know we said before cop did it maybe Patrick McBride or some of his friends would explain why they, you know, would know where the cops were when they were staking out the house or why nothing ever seemed to happen when the cops were around. If it was one of the cops. I also saw MK ultra floated around because I think that's like a given for everything that people can't solve. They always just stamp MK ultra under there. It's like the free free space bingo card of unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Especially in the, like that time. Cause there was MK ultra shit going yeah. on. And like, we don't, we have, we have files saying that that existed, but we have a lot of redacted shit. Right. We don't know exactly what happened. So there's, it leaves it up for everything. So you remember when uh, McBride ran into old uh, make peace and mm-hmm. make peace was like, yeah, I'm just uh waiting for the fucking stalker. Oh, so yeah. Mayfeast was Mayfeast was the stalker. McBride just kind of was like, yeah, I don't really care. But then whenever old girl kicks him out of the house too, McBride gets kicked out too. He's like, he goes and joins forces with Mayfeast. <laughs> Mayfeast, McBride, fucking stalker team. 
which explains why she was uh, choked by four people with four hands to him. <laughs> and it explains why the cops were never able to fucking catch the dude because McBride's a cop. So he has all the inside fucking scuba when they're staking it out, when they're not, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, it's both of them. Nice, cool. They formed a cuck coalition. If you will. <laughs> yeah. I think I think if we're gonna go that far, they went and found the dad and said, She's fucking annoying, right? Let's go fuck with her. So what's her dad's name again? They got all three of them were fucking with Otto oh, and Otto Hack. Otto yeah. Hack was was there, and then the, the private investigator came and he's like, I'll I'll do one with you. Let's do one. See, but I was being I was being serious, dude. <laughs> 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 yeah, Richard, you facetious fuck. How dare you? You got a lot of nerve to come on this show with that ass dude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pretend I kill someone and we're like buddies, you know, we're like partners. You're not going to cover me up. You're not going to be like, oh, good job. Like, fine, right. I'll cover that up for you. That's not an easy ask. You don't have no. to be like, I don't know. I don't know why you don't. Yeah, and like, like, and like, not not even just a murder, but like all that torture. That's just like a group of sadistic people. Like, I don't, I don't know. Is you want to hear my theory? My uh, unless there's yeah. more. Okay, what else did you? No, have? no, no. That's that's that was. It. I mean, it really isn't. Like I said, like I I okay. scour it, and it's all people. Just she did it, or she didn't. She was definitely touched by her dad. Okay. Okay. And because of it, she's got weird fetish. Where she mm. found. Where she found her little uh, boyfriend, uh, what the fuck's his nut? Roy, yeah, Roy, Roy. He's into he's into that shit too. Okay, so she got like a, a rape, kidnapping fetish. Oh, so he's like calling her. This is getting her war. This is like foreplay for them. You know, he call her okay. up and be like, "You're doing it," and then she like calls the cops. Like, oh, the cops were here earlier, and she just gushing because of it. You yeah. Know? And then they just a step further, a step further. She's trying to, she, I feel like she's going a little too far. I don't think Roy's into like the breaking the windows and like, I, I think a lot of the shit's her just doing it to project more. Right. And I think her getting tied up in the backyard and then calling the cops. That's part of the foreplay. I'm not even joking when oh, I say damn. this. Damn. No. Yeah. And I, then he, I believe it. the last one, she's not dead. And he circled her with the fucking paint. He said, some bitch died here. And then she dies. And then he's like, "Uh Oh, now we're mm. fucked. Now I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Like this was fun until that happened. I tied her too tight this time, but she wanted too tight. You know? No, no more, no more Roy make rape. More, more like, more like Roy get rape in jail. But I feel like, I feel like I want to be, how can we escalate this? Grab me from the Safeway parking lot. You know, Mm. like this is just an escalation of a weird sex game that went wrong. Damn. And it cost the Mounties a million and a half dollars. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like that's all part of it. And I'm not, I, like, I'm serious when no, I'm saying I believe this it. one. Yeah. I think this one is, like, literally, like, a fucked up girl who got touched by her daddy and, like, has, like, man issues. So she Damn. takes it out with, like, weird rape fetishes. I'm having a hard time disagreeing. It might be our most chauvinistic solve yet, but... <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's not a... It's not a... It's... This isn't a... Not a thing. Like I'm, I'm no, I, not all yeah. girls. Some fucked up shit happens. Some fucked up sex shit. I'm just saying that it's for it not to be that it makes no sense because like right, she can't do all that to herself. Okay, but clearly some of it's her. Mm-hmm. All right, like it doesn't make sense for the fires to start when no one's around. Doesn't right. make sense for a lot of the shit. So she has to be involved in it somehow. 
it's got to be a weird kink, man. It's got to be a weird ass mm. kink that just went too far. Nobody, the part of the game was just like calling the cops. Part of the game was not telling anybody about it. And like, I like it. The first husband, I like it. she probably, the first husband was an older man. So daddy, mm-hmm. like, oh, here's my daddy. And then she probably went too far with it and it got weird. But he still felt like I'm your daddy. So I got to come back all the time. I don't know. That's just yeah. what I think. I think it's. No, just, yeah, I. I think, I think it's over, good. I think, I think he won't ever say anything. I think he'll he'll take that to his death because he, he died. Yeah, he died in 2013. Um, so yeah, ripe old age at 87. I think I think it's a good theory. I think in order to solidify it, we should not consult any women or any uh, victims of sexual abuse, <laughs> and then we will be golden. I'm not saying she's not a victim in a lot of ways. I'm no, not. Yeah. I, I, I'm. I am not trying to disparage. It, being honest, I'm not trying to disparage anybody that's been no, insulted sexually. But I mean, it comes out in weird ways. Yeah, I, I, and it's the '80s. I'll like, tell you what. '70s and '80s. As far as fetishes go, costing the police a million and a half dollars is one I can get behind. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shame that king, baby. <laughs> You keep calling the cops. Waste the pig's time. Uh, maybe I've seen too many movies. Like maybe I've watched Crash too many times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just like full of shit what I'm saying. But and I'm not a psychologist. I'm a hypno hypnologist. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't think of anything else it could be like because everything else doesn't make sense. She can't do that to herself. It doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. I I refuse to believe that she. I just think that's why I think it was definitely a blend and and your reasoning um makes it believable so i i like it's an interesting thought because they both like like i mean almost like uh in in tandem because i never considered that it was like there was any anything consensual about any of this like so richard's got the sex thing but even like <laughs> the idea that there was it was a, a duo of guys yeah i, just, I mean i, I think that uh i mean brian could have been like uh he could have been in from the jump you know she, he wanted to get more serious and she did a whole slew of reasons that could be true. You don't have like a stalker partner sometimes and then not sometimes. You, 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 you either, <laughs> yeah. either like fucking four hands or, or two, you know? Yeah, that's that's got to be your ride or die. You want to come choke this bitch up and stalk with me uh, on Thursday? Just, <laughs> no, I don't want you at all. You're in or you're not. <laughs> oh, fuck. A pair of people is fine. It's just the thing that started before they even met McNutt Face Bride, right? Like it's met, it started before all of that. Sorry, four months after she divorced Makepeace. Right. Making him the initial stalker. McBride catches him and wants in. Oh, so they <laughs> cut a deal like, some, yeah, I want some, some of in. that stalking, dude. Okay, well, that, I didn't. Why else would he just forget about the fact that he fucking saw the dude in an alleyway with a pistol and a rifle behind the chicken? That's chick's a really house? good point. Well, maybe he convinced him to do it. Like, maybe he's like, dude, you don't understand how fun this is. <laughs> and then he like convinced him mm-hmm. to join instead dude, of arresting join- him. Give it a silent treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we can talk to each other without her. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Whatever happens in before Christ, uh, in weird towns and before Christ in British Columbia, I feel like that group stalking, like joining up, would happen in a place like that. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, the friends that stalk together. I'm glad you came and hired us and solved it for yourself. That's good. Yeah, that's well, that's usually the preferred way it goes. For who? For us, because you still like we still like help. Well- and yeah i think i said it before we're kind of like therapists we just help you realize what you already knew about yourself like, uh, about your, your 
Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a <laughs> sort of fake like hypnotist, psychiatrist. <laughs> a hypno-psychiatrist. Sort of like yeah, South yeah. Africans are just fake Australians anyways, so... Uh, sort of the trash. Fans are just uh, the descendants of British criminals, so... That too, yeah. So they're fake versions of... The descendants of British criminals. Former British criminals. Yeah, the descendants of British... Okay, cool. Hmm. Yeah, that's the same thing. Australia doesn't even same exist. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Australia doesn't even exist, so that's fine. So that's gonna I don't wanna be the awkward one. Rick usually takes care of this, but um this is your bill. This is how much you owe us. Yeah, just go ahead and uh in- invoice me. <laughs> invoice you. Uh this is what I'm doing. Meet me at the uh, the current exchange currency exchange place in Vancouver. Okay, uh, <laughs> I would like I would like this transformed into rupees. Like I agree, transformed like like, like Legend of Zelda rupees. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna see three triangle pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, we gotta go to a high roll exchange. <laughs> I just watched Private Dicks, and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on! Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're going to stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And... If you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best.